Welcome back to the Absolutely ADHD podcast. So Sam and I are going to be talking this week about motivation. Similarly to a lot of other topics, we know that motivation can fluctuate a lot. Sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. So we're going to be talking through those challenges a little bit, but also identifying some motivators for our brains and ways to actually work through it. I think we could talk for a lot longer on this. So let let us know if we should go ahead and do a part two on this topic. And yeah, I hope you guys like this episode. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. Hello. So what are we talking about today? ADHD and motivation. Ooh, that's a big one. It's a big one. I think this is a lot of why people feel not enough in our community and oh god I'm just here to remind you guys that we are so much more than our productivity and our motivation and all that stuff so all of this just to say you know this is just to help us understand what's going on and hopefully like you know navigate it a little, a little bit better but yeah a lot of this stuff you know there's there's a, okay I don't even know what I'm saying well it's like I always get it done but the pain of getting it done and always being like, wow, Sam, you really should have done this before. Wow. You waited until it's just not worth it. I mean, it's so painful. It is. And we have this ability to work really, really, really well and to get a lot done sometimes. And like our ability to hyper-focus and to get super fixated on what we're doing and to see, see it out and all that stuff. It makes our expectations so high of what we're able to do. And then when we're not able to meet those expectations, it sucks. You know, you want to hear a really stupid story? It'll take me like five seconds because it's so stupid. (laughs) I used to work for a pretty large corporate company and it was changing so quickly that they never really had enough time to update the org chart online. And, you know, being new to the company, it was really important for me to know who my boss was and who my boss's bosses were. And, you know, and especially since it was like 800 plus people from all over the country, you know, I could, I needed that org chart really badly and it just wasn't being updated. So I spent, I kid you not, nine hours making a physical org chart out of paper (laughs) and to hang it on my wall. And then I, when I finished and when I was doing it, I was like, this is amazing because I love doing tasks where I know what the next step is, you know, and especially visual, like crafty type of stuff. Like that's my jam. It's my sweet spot. And after I had finished it, I was like, this was a terrible use of my time. And I didn't even realize how hyper fixated I got on it, you know, making sure all the boxes were right. No one was going to see it except for me. And then get this. The next day they updated the online org chart and I just wanted to die. I mean, I felt so stupid, but I feel like that's such a perfect package of hyperfixation, motivation, um, completing a task and then feeling stupid about how you did it and why you did it. Yeah. As opposed to like all other things we could have been doing. I know I could have been doing my job. (laughs) But what's so funny about this is like, if you said nine hours to someone without ADHD, they would assume that you're exaggerating. But I feel like our listeners 100% know that there's no exaggeration in there. Like easily nine hours, easy, no problem. I can't tell you how many times I would say like, oh yeah, that took me like 14 hours. And my friends are like, that's such an exaggeration. And I'm like, really, it took me like 15 hours. I was actually saying 14 to make it sound a little better (laughs) exactly yeah no I fixate on so many 
so many different things. We could have a, again, I'm just going <laughs> to we could have a whole episode on now, but we actually really could on hobbies and our different like obsessions. I think that'd be really interesting. I, you know, became a cycling instructor in like two days and then never touched my certification. Oh my God. I totally forgot that you did that. I mean, it makes so much sense for your skills and abilities. Like you would have been so good at that, but it just wasn't where your passion was. But at that time in that 48 hours, (laughs) you were so excited. I mean, and I think that everyone kind of experienced that during COVID, you know, and I think it's so funny when people like post on social media, they're like, I got really hyper fixated on this one hobby during COVID. And it's like the weirdest stuff. It's so specific. Yeah. Like I tell don't us, think, you guys should tell us what you're yeah, tell us what your weirdest hobby hyper fixation has been. Mine has been making this specific focaccia recipe. And it's not bread making. I mean this like one thing because I would make it like six times and something was still off. I mean <laughs> I went through a big plant collecting phase. I remember my food Instagram. Oh my God. Remember my food Instagram? You had a food Instagram? Yeah. In college. It's so stupid. I think about it sometimes and it like, I cringe internally. And I also remember it. I'm not good at food photography. Well, why did I think I was? (laughs) (laughs) Who did I think I was? I literally, oh my gosh. It was yeah, posting my dining my dining hall Instagrams. No one wants to see me eat a chicken patty for the fourth time that week. They're like, yes, Sam, keep up the content. (laughs) Couldn't even get my mom to follow it. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about motivation. Oh yeah. I introduced the concept of dopamine and all that stuff and how our brains are constantly seeking out dopamine or stimulation that gives us dopamine. So what that means is our brains need to be engaged in different ways in order for us to be able to function well. Quick example I'm going to give for that, me talking out loud is so much easier when I'm able to have a fidget in my hand, like something that I'm able to fidget around. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so our brains are kind of always trying to find the balance on like where we can function well, but also not be too distracted, but also yeah. just the right amount where we can get fixate or focus, hyper-focus on what we're doing, all that stuff. And so it's really, really difficult. And um, you know, if you haven't done all of the research on how your specific ADHD brain works, or maybe like realizing that you struggle from these things is a very new journey for you. Like it is for me. I don't even know when I could be seeking out different types of motivation. I just do it subconsciously and it makes my life really difficult because I have no control over it. Like I don't understand where it's coming from. And again, it just makes me feel stupid. I feel like that's the catchphrase of of ADHD. Wow. This makes me feel really stupid. I know it is subconscious and we don't realize that that's what our brain is doing. And so this is why, what I want to bring up is the ADHD reward system. So we don't find things important just because someone else labels it important. What we find important is what our brain finds stimulating and engaging. So this is why we can know what we have to do. We can, you know, we know exactly what we have to do or want to do, but when it comes to being able to do that, it's really, really difficult. You know, this why it's so difficult for me to pay my bills. Like I know that I have to pay my credit card bill on the fourth. Like that has been the rule since I got a credit card. And 
I the third comes, I'm like, I'll do it tomorrow. The fourth comes, I'm like, I even though I know I have to do it. Yeah. Like it's oh. so, and it's just not mentally, it doesn't make me feel good and it's not rewarding at all. So I'd rather do anything else in the world. Exactly. I would rather put away my laundry, you know, yeah. which is a task. I guess that was like very dramatic for like, if I had nothing else, <laughs> if the only task I had to do was put away my laundry, I wouldn't put away my laundry. But if faced with a choice between putting away my laundry and paying my bills, I'll put away my laundry so fast, you know? Yeah, totally. And I think that's also why we find other more exciting things to do than the things we really have to do. And this also goes back into the out of sight, out of mind. Like, we're not identifying with the version of ourselves that has the thing done. Like, does that make sense when I say that? It does. I just don't understand that other people do that. Like, I don't understand. I didn't know that people who don't struggle with these things do identify with that version of themselves and do find motivation through that. Like, I've never had that. And I can see how that would make everything easier. Right. And being able to just know like being able to label something as important and their brain is able to do the executive, the amount of executive functioning needed to do the thing, you know? Yeah. So of course, like when our brain gets dopamine, which is what we're seeking all the time, that's the feeling where our brain pretty much says, Hey, like, this is good. I'm motivated to keep going, you know? So a lot of times we don't have that until we're already doing the thing. And that's really, really hard because we're sitting and waiting for a burst of motivation to just appear. And it really just, it it doesn't. When we have that dopamine, whether it's because we're super interested in what we're doing or we just care about it, or for some reason it's engaging our brain in the way that feels good. And so things can feel really easy. But then on the other hand, when we have no dopamine, we have none of that our brain literally, it feels like it's resisting starting. It is actively working against us. That is so what it is. It's not just like, it's not just an indifference. It's a straight up, like, I will not do this. Yes. And it's a chemical, it's due to our brain chemistry. So I want, like, I care about this so much. I want- Want to slapping the table. (laughs) I want everyone to know that like, this isn't about character flaws or being lazy or anything. It's about our brain chemistry. So if that's one thing you take away from this, I hope it's that. Yeah, I mean, it's really helpful to know that it's not my fault. Yeah, it's not your fault, Sam. <laughs> Everything feels like my fault, though. No. Oh. <laughs> okay, so I know that I struggle with this stuff. I don't really know what to do. So the first thing that I'm going to talk about is focusing on momentum always. So what I mean by that is we're so focused on what's in front of us that it can feel so overwhelming. We, and again, it takes a lot of executive functioning skills to do that, to start, to know where to start, to remember where to start, to, to do all that stuff. To prioritize like eight different things. Exactly. So we want to start building a more of emphasis on momentum. Again, think about it like our brain as much as we want it to, is not going to randomly have a burst of motivation. Typically that almost always comes with getting the ball rolling, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm imagining like pushing the ball, like down, like towards down the hill. (laughs) (laughs) A good visual. That was a really amazing visual. Um, 
but I do get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So we want to recognize that, that we really won't feel that, you know, motivation until we're already doing the thing. So sometimes that looks like maybe saying literally five minutes, I'm going to do this thing for five minutes. And then maybe after five minutes, I'm going to stop, but at least I got that done. And I promise you a lot of the time, you'll probably end up continuing the thing because you just want it off your to-do list. Other thing that I read a couple of years ago, that's been super helpful for me going back to that momentum thing is that they say, I don't know who they is, some random dude one time probably said, if the task takes less than two minutes to do, just do it. Just do it. Like if for like, there's a glass that's been sitting on my bedside table and I live in a one bedroom apartment. So the foot traffic from my bedroom to my kitchen is none. And it takes five seconds, you know, to just put it in the dishwasher, but I keep putting it off. But then I think if it takes less than two minutes, just do it. I know I've heard a similar thing, a similar strategy. It's like, don't put it away. Don't put it down, put it away. I'll yeah. be honest, that one hasn't personally worked for me, but like, <laughs> I, think that, I feel like I could, you know, make it work if I, it, it takes practice and all these things are, it's like, we're kind of retraining our mind to think about things a little bit differently. So with the momentum, that's what we're doing. It's almost recognizing that we just need to be in that space where we've already started in order to kind of yeah. feel that way. And then, okay. So we talked about momentum. And always viewing, like just getting the ball rolling. The other thing, identify our motivators. So I'm going to list five right now. Here are the things that overall motivate people with ADHD. So like interest, things that we're interested in, obviously. Things naturally I'm obsessed with, right? Um, Novelty. So new things, you know, when you try a new system, that stuff. Um, Competition. So either, you know, being in competition with someone else or even yourself, just trying to like make a game out of it. You know, how much can I do of this in five minutes? Um, And then urgency. So we know urgency deadlines, we thrive, you know, we do great with a good deadline. Not necessarily not stressed. It's always chaotic, but I always get it done and I get it done really well. Yeah. So urgency, we know we thrive under deadlines. And then the other one is like play. So like creativity, humor, whatever that is. Yeah. I'm going to list all these things. Creativity, humor, interest, new things like novelty, competition, urgency. We want to find little ways to build all those little motivators into whatever we want to do. Like setting up a desk really nicely and it can like motivate us to want to work and want to like sit at our desk a little bit because we've made it nice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, even on the small end, like a new pen, I don't know, just like weird, weirdly little stuff like that. I mean, personally for me, my anxiety makes competition something that I am, I have a total aversion to. I hate competition makes me feel very anxious. So I don't think any of these, you listing these five things mean that you have to incorporate all of the five things, you know, just like one thing or two, if you're lucky. Yeah, totally. And that's the thing, like competing with someone else, I kind of think more of like, sometimes with myself, it's like, can I do this many? I'm trying to think of an example and I can't, but. Well, there's a time management tactic that people talk about a lot where you block off 30 minutes and do everything as much as you can in that 30 minutes. Yeah. And you find that, you know, you say, oh, I don't want to do that because one task will take more than 30 minutes. Nine times out of 10, you're wrong. 
that it won't yeah. take as long as you think it will. And once you get, once you start going, it's difficult to stop. Yeah, exactly. Um, so just remind, like, remind yourself of those motivators and look and see what works for you, what motivates you, um, building in rewards, you know, telling yourself when you finish something, you can watch your favorite show, all those little things like are really important. Well, those are all like really tangible tips that you wouldn't know unless you read it somewhere. So I've mentioned a lot of times that out of sight, out of mind perspective with ADHD. Yeah. So really trying to visualize and identify with the version of yourself that like finished what you did. So how will it feel? So we have to make everything, we have to tie everything back to our internal motivation, the things that really mean a lot to us. So for me, knowing that at the end of the day, I'm going to be done with X, Y, Z, and that's going to feel, I'm going to feel less anxious. I'm going to feel less overwhelmed the next day. And I'm going to feel really calm. And that's probably going to make me feel better later. So while it's not natural for me to think that way, I'm constantly trying to add in that perspective. Yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe it's difficult to identify with the version of yourself that accomplishes the task, but we're all very familiar with the version of ourselves that doesn't accomplish the task. It might be easier for some people than constantly trying to remind themselves how it will feel if they do it. Remember what it's like when you don't do it. Yeah. And I think that's, a. Re- I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I think also we're very different in how we work through, like, yeah, that's I love so that. true. You know, so I think it's true. Like, I think sometimes for me, I like hanging on to that. Like, oh, I'm going to feel so proud of myself. I'm going to feel so accomplished, you know? But yeah. You- and maybe my version of it does seem a little bit like more on the negative side. No, no, no. I didn't even mean that. No, but I mean, when I'm saying it out loud, like, that's what I think. Like, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I should be more positive. But I mean, that's just another thing to add to the list of things that I, you know, maybe wish I could do better. So like with running, right? It's so much easier for me to identify with the version of myself waking up the next day, knowing that I should have gone on my run yesterday and didn't, than it is for me to identify with the version of myself that did run and is grateful that they ran. Like, I always know that I'm going to get there, but you're so right with tying it back to the internal feelings. It's much more like intense experience for me to remind myself about how I feel if I don't do something than it is if I do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's exactly one of the things. Interest is what motivates us. So tying it back to like, why does it matter in the first place? The thing that we're doing, why does this even matter to us? And so this is why when I say externalizing things like writing it down, like journaling, processing with a friend, talking about it in therapy, whatever it is, that's why this is so huge because we really do need that additional level of like, you know, why is this important to us? And how can I like articulate why this is so important to me? Yeah, totally. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. So I guess if you guys leave these, you know, sessions feeling like you learned one thing or feeling like you understand something a little bit better, even if you don't feel like you have the tools to fix it yet, like that is more than you did yesterday. You know, like even being a participant on this podcast, I leave each of these conversations being like, maybe I don't know how to help motivate myself more, but at least I understand why it's so difficult. 
Yeah. And it takes so much time to actually figure out what works for us. And the first step of that is awareness and understanding. Like that's the whole first stage. We can't even work on something if we don't understand what it is. So yeah, totally. And I also just want everyone to realize that it does take, all this takes work. None of this is quick fixes. You know, I wish it was, but it's not. So if, if you do feel confused or, you know, overwhelmed, or if you don't know exactly where to go, I, I hear you. Yeah. And like, reach out if you, if we touch on something and you're like, wow, I would really love some dedicated time about this. We're here, you know, because I guarantee you it will be something either Alana or I have thought of or haven't thought of, and then we'll all learn something new together. I guess the point that I'm trying to touch on is that like, you can't learn everything there is to know about this topic, even in three hours, you know, especially in 20 minutes. So the goal of this is not to diagnose and fix. It's just to bring awareness to, you know, in the hopes that when you do have some more dedicated time, or you do want to go on that learning journey or whatever, that you know where to start. Yeah. I feel like you can hear Wally squeaking. Now I can hear Wally. As always, it was fun. Slightly confronting. (laughs) Mostly fun. (laughs) Slightly uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry for that abrupt exit. I realized listening back that I think Sam and I just stopped talking and didn't finish saying goodbye or anything. But um, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. Follow us on Instagram at absolutely.adhd and let us know what you want to hear about next. Thank you guys so much for listening and I hope you have a good week.